Oh, hey guys, it's the Great Debates. Yo, Ooh, fun. Debate me. I'm not going to make the same mistake I always do. I'm going to get us right into it. We've Thank got you. something that we're calling, uh, we're doing a listener trio this week. These are all listener tops, Ooh, okay? Delights of three. <laughs> Here's the first one. Uh, Healy taking the pro. Bad pie is better than bad cake. Submitted by listener Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. I'm Steve Healy. I will be taking the pro on your magnificent topic. Look, bad pie is going to be basically crust and filling, which are both going to be pretty good. If you just opened up a can of pumpkin pie filling and you got a you know Keebler graham cracker crust off the shelf at the grocery store, you'd have a pretty good time. You don't really need to do too much to it to make it a successful pie. That's why I think bad pie is much superior to bad cake. Take a bad cake from a grocery store. It's all sugary. The frosting's kind of weird. It's either too hard or too moist. It's just not quite right. But even just the raw ingredients of pie are going to be a pretty epic time. A bad pie is also more likely to have some kind of feel to it. Somebody took the effort to make a pie. A cake is just kind of anyone can slap it together. Every supermarket has a pretty crummy cake available for you that's probably not going to be that great. But a pie, you kind of can't go wrong. Healy, uh, you are misinforming the listeners. When you say, I'm Dave King, I'm taking the con, by the way. What you said is uh, a bad pie is basically just crust and filling. That's not what bad pie is. It's bad crust and bad filling. Think in your mouth about biting into a bad, either overcooked or undercooked or mushy crust or like there, somebody used like baking soda instead of baking powder or vice versa. It's like going to taste disgusting. And the filling, if the filling is bad, you actually like run the risk of getting sick. Like what if it, they use like rotten apples or like they undercook, it's like, or raw apples that you can't, it's like, or raw peaches or raw pumpkin, God forbid, like. It's gonna be just, it's gonna be either like chewy or the consistency has it like it almost makes me kind of nauseated just thinking about like bad filling. It's there's much worse filling than just like pumpkin filling out of a can or something. There's like oh you didn't cook this properly or you didn't add any sugar and it's so it just tastes bland and disgusting bad cake like you said is like store-bought cake and it's going to be like a little too sweet mm. you scrape some of the frosting off and it's going to be fine i feel like you're kind of uh miss setting the bar here and you're setting up super probably, screwed up pie against bad cake tactic. that's not fair okay if you want to go super okay. messed up a cake could be just extremely messed up it could be too hard to eat again you could the same thing what you said about baking healing? soda and the pie filling you could do that with a cake and you're it's soapy and weird well, let's okay, talk if about you, the, since like, you want to talk about wildly extreme hypotheticals somebody used dish soap instead of uh sugar in their cake and it's super messed up yeah that's gonna be bad but a pie is basically a little simpler a little more traditional less uh area to screw it up the filling well, is actually basically gonna said, be Healy, fruit or uh, what, chocolate what you, or some kind of cream yeah okay Healy, what you said is that a bad pie <clears throat> excuse me is still going to be a quote pretty epic time uh, which I think I again invite the listener to imagine biting into a like uncooked or undercooked crust and ask yourself if that's still pretty epic. Oh, okay, take but your take a like, stale, moldy cake. Like, 
I need another 20 seconds to make a point here. All right. Yes, you raise a good point, which is like, okay, let's talk about the extremes of how bad a pie and cake can possibly be. I would submit that pie is a higher degree of difficulty. Like, how many times have you had a truly bad pie versus a truly bad cake? Well, home-cooked pie is much more, like, most most pies, or there are more pies that are homemade, that are home-cooked, that end up bad than there are cakes, which are usually store-bought or professionally made, mm. or the ones that are home are done by people who know what they're doing. That's a, you're so quite right, David. That's it's self-selecting. The people, right. who, the people right. who make them. Quite right. Because <laughs> what I heard is the buzzer went off. <laughs> Whew. Buzzer game is becoming Medina, more and more a part of the debates. I felt that this was really a tug of war. Mm. And mm. that yeah. um, as each side got their hands on the rope, it swayed the, <laughs> <laughs> the direction of their, their uh, argument. I don't really know which way to go. Mm. Um, <clears throat> That's okay, I, man. Yeah, I think I, you know, they both sound pretty bad to me. Yeah, they're also both like it's kind of hard to make a bad one. You have to really fuck up with either one, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you're in general, Healy. You're right that like a bad cake is not like something that's like dysfunctional, but like a store bought, just like not that flavorful cake, and a bad pie is just like oh, this is like not that. It's kind of just something a little off about it. Or, I whipped you know, up like, a pie the other day. I'm not usually a pie maker, but I was reading mm. the uh, newsletter of Jamel Bowie, the columnist for the New York Times, and he was talking about something called an Atlantic Beach pie, mm. which it's sort of it's. And the way he was setting it up, it seemed like okay, maybe there's a culture of making a pie that you take to the beach. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. Really? And this pie is what? basically, it's sort of like a lemony custard. It's just lemon, mm -hmm. egg whites, uh, or maybe egg yolks, I forget. But you whip it, it's sort of somewhere between a key lime pie and like a lemon cream pie. And it was really good and refreshing and fun. Uh, I was into it. I think I misunderstood <laughs> the nature of this pie. And actually, Atlantic Beach is itself a place rather than like... Uh, this is a pie that you take to the Atlantic beach. There's this say, place in, in Mexico, oh. uh, Yalapa, I think is what it's called. And you sit out on the beach and you drink margaritas, but there's also this woman who walks by with, um, a stack of pies on her head. Okay. What and kind of pies? she comes to your, where you're set up. And then she kind of like takes the pies off her head and she'll have a selection of, you know, maybe there's a lime, maybe there's a lemon, a chocolate in there, something that maybe that you're not really used to and you don't even know what it is. And she sells you a cut of pie Ooh. on the beach. Huh. Nice. So I, I can get with that whole uh, beachy pie. The idea. beach pie scene. Readers, if you have any, or listeners, if you have any uh, recipes or thoughts about beach pie, fire them our way. Twitter and email. I have thoughts about that. That sounds terrible. Beach pie? There's no place I'd. I would, there's no food I would less want to bring to the beach than a pie. And there's no place I would less want to bring a pie than the beach. You'd rather have a hot vegetable soup on the beach than a nice refreshing pie? A lime, Can I tell you something? pie? Yeah. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I have had a hot vegetable soup on the beach and it was fantastic. <laughs> Is that right? 
Uh, yeah, I did. It was a vegan soup. It was prepared by the ranch in Malibu. It was amazing. <laughs> and Esther and I were like, "Ugh, hot soup on the beach. What are we doing? No, it was delicious. Were you on the and beach because, or were you at like a beach restaurant, like at a table? No, no, no. Because no, I think no. that's we a distinction. On the beach, on the beach, on a blanket. Okay. Cold beach day. Okay. What's that? Or hot beach day. Cold beach day. It was, it was, I mean, we were hot because we had just hiked. We, it was that like right. crazy hike and health program that we did for four days, which I'll never do again, but I'm very glad we did. And um, yeah, we were like hot, you know, this is not where I want to eat soup, but it was delightful. Now I'm kind of getting into the idea of like a sort of cold October evening. You're having some clam chowder on a New England. Now that I like. So maybe what we're learning going. here is the, the range of beach cuisine is a lot wider than uh, that, we, might, yeah. we may have realized. That's what we took yeah, away listeners. from this topic. <laughs> well, thanks, uh, listener Patrick, for... Yeah, that's that a top good one. our way should we try another one of these uh three listener tops that i've got yeah. yeah yeah okay let's keep it going okay so i've got another one here this one came to us on twitter by, from uh listener willie simpson okay uh healy taking the pro okay <clears throat> earth is a lousy name for the planet earth is bad it doesn't sound right uh, i don't know how we ended up with that uh, the ea isn't right if anything it should be like you what? earth right it's just a, it's a miss we missed it in english i don't know enough uh, other languages to know what their name for our planet is but i bet we could find a better one in a scan of three other languages and earth it just doesn't land uh, uh, the fact that we stick with it is fine but th- globe planet home uh, the world we come up with a lot of synonyms or uh, alternate names because we don't really like earth when you hear about earth sciences it sounds boring we don't talk about uh the you know the whole earth catalog it doesn't sound quite right the earth is not working it's too bad that we're stuck with it uh but what are you going to do but it's a lousy name for a planet mars just compare with the names of other planets in our solar system mars neptune mercury venus any of these is better than earth i'd say the only one that we're worse than is uranus which i agree isn't awesome either but earth is not a winner if i listed the planets in our solar system and you had to pick which one to live on knowing only their names you heard mercury mars venus jupiter saturn earth is going to come in sixth or seventh well i'll i'll pick up where you left off and say that like when you're when you're picking up when you're base it if you're like choosing where you want to live based on the name of a planet you probably want something that sounds like hospitable and welcoming and doesn't sound like crazy or exotic and i think earth actually achieves that and i think the great thing that about the word earth and the reason it's not a lousy name at all is that it means other things other than just the globe the planet and the idea that we use the same word earth to describe the planet as we do for just like soil for the ground for the earth for like almost like for life um tells you a great deal about how much how sticky that word is and how much it means across cultures and how connected it is 
to not just like the sort of astronomical heavenly body that is the earth, but also like how we as humans relate to the physical structure of the planet, earth. When you think about earth, you're not sure whether you're thinking about the planet or the earth below our feet. And I think that's like very powerful and almost poetic. And it's something that doesn't apply to the other planets. And I think earth is like, uh, also we talk about like earth tones, earthiness, all of those are like good qualities. The connotation of all of those words is positive. It's homey. It feels like grounded. And um, I actually think earth does this amazing job of like connecting the sort of like extraterrestrial, if you will, to the terrestrial. Like it achieves this thing of both being gravity bound to the planet and also existing floating through space. It can mean both of those things. It's actually a remarkable word. It's a great name. Mm, Dave's argument is seductive, but I would urge you not to yes, fall for it. it. Is. Yeah, t- taking <laughs> whatever name we had for the planet, we could adapt to other things. I'm sure we would start so. calling Absolutely. the the but subsurface Healy. of the planet whatever name we've given to the planet. But also, Dave overlooked something, which is that Mercury Earth. Dave, Earth is very misleading because most of Earth is not Earth. Lowercase. Most of Earth is water. That's another reason you've led me to a great argument, which is that that is not a good name for our planet. It's highly misleading, very confusing, and and if we're presenting a false picture. If we're selling to people from another planet, okay, Earth is the name for our planet, and also the substance that's on it. Well, is most of the planet Earth? No, most of the planet is water. Okay, I'm confused. Why is your planet called well, Earth? Uh, we don't know, because it's point. homey and it sounds kind of nice. This is a ridiculous argument. The purpose of the name of a planet isn't to advertise itself to other beings. It's to communicate with the it people may well who be, live Dave. on the planet. Is that the argument you want that to rest on? That this is <laughs> that this is for aliens? I think that definitely salesmanship <laughs> and, 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 uh, and uh, dishonesty in the name of your planet is a mark against the name. Yeah. Dishonesty. All right, I'll, let's turn it over to <laughs> Dina. I thought that was pretty good there at the end with the water thing. <laughs> that was pretty good. I didn't see that coming. It's so meaningless. <laughs> it may have been a silver bullet. <laughs> well, you walked, you walked me into it. I didn't think of it on my own. Don't fall for it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I like dishonesty. <laughs> Dis- you dishonesty came up post buzzer. That was your own fault for for prolonging the debate. Uh, you're right. You're right. My hubris mm. got the best. Right? Yeah, that's so very funny. earth behavior. <laughs> I'm just picturing like a very a very like frustrated alien who's like feels like there was false advertising. Excuse me, you guys said Earth, and now I get here. I look around and it's all this water stuff. <laughs> Nowhere to land. I almost, Dave, went down a wrong, uh, what I think would have been a wrong path of picking up and saying either dirt or soil might be good names for planet Earth. Well, that's interesting. Like, what if our I planet were called I'm, dirt? Mm, or rock? That's kind of cool. Yeah. Rock. Yeah. There's sexier options than Earth, I think. You know, Earth, Earth just as a word composed of like letters is not good it's clunky and it's like it it sounds like a word a dumb person says you know (laughs) a caveman yeah right that may be where it came from (laughs) (laughs) a dumb caveman (laughs) i'm looking into in uh chinese apparently the name for earth this was my question 
Okay. That's prettier. That's, uh, to refer to the planet. That would be planet Earth in Chinese. And do we know if across cultures, is there, does the word for the planet also mean like the soil? It seems like it does. I'm just casually doing a Google Translate over here, but it does seem like soil land is mixed up in, in, in that. And in, in at least Chinese, I haven't looked into um, any other of the world's uh, 5,000 languages. But Right on. <laughs> well, maybe get through, could you look through like at least a couple hundred of them? I'll do while the we're top doing this? 10 spoken languages in LA. How about that? I love that. That was interesting. Sure. Mm. What about Terra? Is that better? Mm. I don't know. I feel like that's like the, what, in like, sci-fi movies they kind of go for something like that. It, it, it's that feels like what Elon Musk would call. Sure. Earth or yeah, something. it does feel big musky, yeah. and we know how you feel about his sense of humor, Dave. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> I'm still kind of reeling from Tech me. Week, by the way. That was Whoa. some of Tech the hottest debating we've ever done. Oh, I need, yeah, I needed an Ativan after Tech Week. That was I think intense. some VC kind of people should bring us in. You know, Y Combinator, somebody on the, what's it called, uh-huh, Sand Hill Road uh-huh. there, should bring the debates in, have us hear some of these startup pitches, have us debate it, might clarify some of the thinking over there Absolutely. at uh, This Andrew could just be Horowitz broadly applicable as corporate consulting. I know. think that yes, we should probably be on the payroll of a couple should of corporations. Should we be marketing this? Yeah. Uh, there's company can, go ahead dave the, let's be clear about this the great debates can be bought yeah like and not for we'll, too much we'll do are you we'll trying to make a big a corporate decision would you like to have steve and dave illustrate the pros and cons for you that, right exactly. with dan Mo- dan moderating thrown in for free <laughs> <laughs> and whatever dan chooses you have to do you have to do it cut to our email like dozens of emails and hiring just dan to moderate their corporate debates <laughs> we have a steve and a dave no problem <laughs> <laughs> we got plenty of those yeah. <laughs> our company is riddled with assholes like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, mm-hmm. All right. I've got yeah, go a ahead. third and final listener time. Oh, to complete Let's the trio. Yeah, this one's from Carl Ballard. Ooh, he's been in there before, I think. I recognize that. Is that name. right? I think so. Okay, Carl submits this top for your consideration. Okay. The average American can name five vice presidents. Oh, I'm taking the con, I think. Dave is taking the pro. Oh, okay. You want the con on this? I definitely want the con, yeah. Okay. Uh, go for it. Wow, that's interesting. Doesn't seem very life affirming, but I'll go ahead. Uh, uh, I'm that's da- the for facts. You to take yeah. <laughs> sure enough, I'm Dave King, and I'm taking the pro. Okay, start right off the bat. They're going to be able. Uh, look, I assume. Can we make? Can we stipulate a couple points? Are we talking about like average American over the age of like twelve or something like oh, yeah. that? At least twelve so is good. Yeah, picture okay. a twelve-year-old. Okay, so well, picture an average over twelve. Okay, could be thirteen. Could okay. be sixty-five. Yeah. Great. Okay. Also, let's let's just get this out of the way. Are we talking by this? Do we mean that a a randomly selected over twelve year old can name mm-hmm. five or more vice presidents, or do we mean that the average number of vice presidents that all people thirteen years or older can name is five or greater? Um, you can have either one. Oh, okay. I'm not sure where I'll go. With <laughs> I this. think they're about the same. 
<clears throat> Probably. Okay, I, think I guess it doesn't really matter. Are we sort of debating well, on whether a randomly selected over 12-year-old can name five vice presidents? Is that the debate? Yeah. Okay, you okay. think it, yeah. well, that's what I'm asking. So we've, we've selected okay. a uh, random citizen. They're about to, they're given the yes. question, name, how many vice presidents can you name? They begin. Okay, so you're saying right off the bat, five. they're like, I'm saying five at least. And okay. right off the bat, they're like, hey, Mike Pence, he's the vice president right now. Okay. Joe Biden, he's running for president and was <laughs> was vice president. Mm-hmm. Also, here's something that you're not thinking is like they're going to name a bunch of presidents. There's no penalty for getting for guessing wrong, I would assume. Uh, so they could just, I don't they could know just name that. a bunch of presidents. <laughs> we can't just have people list until – list, No, no, no. It's how many vice presidents can you name? They get to – say a bunch. I don't know. I think they get three okay. wrong well, strikes. All right, don't you fine. think, okay. Dave? Well, we can't have them listing names all day and maybe they randomly <laughs> hit on some. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe we I, we should have Carl Ballard like define this maybe a little better. They get an hour like, but, to um, name... They get names. Great. Okay. Okay. So then they first. So first of all, what they do is they they start naming. Pre- first of all, look. Historically, some mm-hmm. people are going to know like they're going to name the first five presidents and know that like some of them were uh, vice presidents as well. So it's very. So you got Biden, Pence, John Adams. Also, obviously, like people who are sixty-five or even forty-five or even or seventy or ninety or like even thirty are going to have lived through multiple vice presidents in their lifetime. So it's not going to be hard for people to mention Al Gore, who is like still famous and famous kind of only for being a vice president or at least being a politician who was a vice president. A lot of people are going to know that George H.W. Uh, Bush was a vice president before he was president. People are going to name John Adams. People, Some old people are certainly going to remember that Spiro Agnew and Gerald Ford were both vice presidents. That's two right there. If you lived through Nixon, you've got two easily that you're going to remember. History, like uh, People even like I think average ninth graders will know that, that Lyndon Johnson took over after JFK was shot. He was famously a vice president who became a president. So when you start thinking at all, like if you give someone an hour and they have any sort of like knowledge of America, not even American history, I would say, they're going to be able to piece together five vice presidents. It's really not that hard. And most people, like it's a thing that most people remember. Simply put, the average over 13-year-old has lived through more than five vice presidents in their lifetime. They're going to be able to name them. But they just didn't care. Dave, we live in a world of people who care about and know who the vice president is, are interested in that. We know who Spiro Agnew is. Good for us. The average American cannot be bothered, doesn't care, nor should they. The vice president is basically a meaningless office. I bet there are t- I bet there are more Americans who could say they've heard of Al Gore without being able to say that he was a vice president than are people who would immediately be able to name Al Gore as a vice president. There's simply just no- there are people right now. There's a lot of people in the United States who are undecided voters right now. They don't even they're barely registering Trump, Biden. They're just words to them. Forget naming Lyndon Johnson they're- to go over for JFK. It's just not going to happen. You'd have to be 60 to remember that, right? Something like that. There's no way that these people are going to be able to name five vice presidents. It's a meaningless, irrelevant office. We're not going to be citing John Adams here. People are going to be stumbling to remember Mike Pence. I'm sorry, you're right. I probably took an unlife affirming side here, but I actually think it it is kind of life affirming to imagine that the average American has more important shit to think about than knowing even the current vice president. They could care less, and they don't need to. That's actually a a tribute 
to them that they're not bothering with this nonsense, these symbolic offices that are uh, presented to us by the media lead as some kind of, you know, catch-all master what of the world. What are you talking no, 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 about? No, 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 no. These are not important offices. These are meaningless people. People are focused on their family, their home, their school life, their community. That's what matters, not the vice president. The average American couldn't name four vice presidents. And Dave crazily brought it down to like 13-year-olds don't know Bill Clinton was the president. They have to be reminded of this. They, they don't have any yes, kind of historical do. memory. Yes, they do. Those people are in the news still. Hillary Clinton's in the news. So is Bill Clinton. My thirteen, my niece and nephew are 12 and 15. They certainly know Your that Bill Clinton was president. Your niece and nephew are clever. They it's were his, on the great debates, Dave. Put yourself in the average history that's taught in school. Like, well, I think people fully know that 30% of Americans were born in another country. Like, we don't, there's no way they're going to know. I'm, I'd be surprised well, how many Americans. I'm glad you mentioned uh, I'm, Glad you mentioned that because immigrants happen to often pay greater attention to recent American history than people who have lived here a long time. And I think it's actually kind of like disparaging of you to imply that people who weren't born here wouldn't take an interest or be able to name five vice presidents simply because they grew up somewhere else. I actually find that, frankly, xenophobic. I think, I think they consider I'm American sort of politics joking, correctly but, irrelevant to their lives and they don't bother knowing the name of the vice president. Why would they? It's a struggle to really think about the vice president you can only remember the ones who were contenders or became presidents themselves otherwise they disappear back you, into right. history and all, even then most Hilly, people don't bother knowing remember, the historical presidents it, it's a hobby for the elite it's cool you me medina your nieces and nephews are kind of into the presidents I mean, obviously Hilly, if you look at the history huge... of our topics but most people are can't Hilly, be bothered with the vice president it's not interesting Holly, to them Hilly. As recently as like two years ago, there was a huge Hollywood studio movie with one of the world's biggest movie stars playing a vice president who is never a presidential contender. And a lot of people saw the movie Vice and they're going to know that Dick Cheney was vice president. And obviously, Dude, didn't Dave, you brought up a great example. One of the memes president. of the year is Kiki Palmer not being able to identify that picture of Dick Cheney. She did not know. I do not know that man. That is what the average American is going to say when you try and bring up Dick she Cheney. She doesn't need to. She doesn't need to know Dick Cheney. She, she needs, needs to, to know, know five. five. Is she going to know five? And I by the way, so. and the very fact, Healy, that that was a meme illustrates that a lot of people, like, if that had not been, if that had just, like, if she had said, I don't know who that is, and people had gone, like, yeah, of course, people don't know who Vice President is. A popular meme expresses said, a truth a meme that we haven't talked like, about. How could it be that she doesn't know who Dick Cheney is? No, a popular Besides meme gets to a truth people, that we all know, but we haven't talked about. That's really the, almost the definition of a popular meme, and that's a I great mean, one. What are you she was expressing the what truth, truth what that we truth all know. People don't care about Dick Cheney. The lesson of that meme about. was you and me and the coastal elites and the people who are involved in the media are obsessed with this shit, but the average American could could care less. It doesn't matter to them, I mean, and it shouldn't, because they're out there living the their lives, ex cooking for their family, watching sports. They could name five quarterbacks, maybe, but they don't know five vice presidents. I mean, this narrative that, first of all, that like coastal elites somehow aren't part of America or don't represent like an enormous percentage of the American population, I find like confounding. There's a great number of people who live on the coasts who are like either well educated or make a lot of money, and there's nothing 
nothing wrong with that. And there's an excellent chance that that person, the average person we select from the American population is going to live on a coast and either like have a decent education or in some way be a person of privilege. And it's even true. if not, there's also a decent there's chance. An there's an excellent e- chance I would say there's an that equal that chance. going to be able to name five vice presidents. There's an equal chance that but, the person we select is going to be drunk or uh, mentally disabled or 13 or just in some other way unlikely to know five vice presidents. Well, I would love for us to uh, to get a 13-year-old because that's like a, the one of the few times when like American history is being taught to you. Any 13-year-old who doesn't know, who, who can't name five vice presidents is like flunking their history class right now. Damn. And also like you have to pay, like current events are taught in American middle schools and high schools. You need to know these things. In fifth grade, my public school did a, did a uh, parade of presidents where everyone had to play a president you talked about who your vice president was these are like all it's almost like state capitals like these are facts that kids know how like, many, so to say a 13 do you think the average 13 year old could name five state capitals look i'm it's great that you were a nerd yes. and you remembered a lot of vice presidents but this is not this is in and out kind of information and also dave i think you're just you have a much too high opinion of american public schools they're ba- at this point they're there it's a computer desperately trying to wrangle a bunch of maniacs have, on the other end of the Zoom. High, They're not teaching you the vice the presidents, man. They're lucky if they're I teaching you who the last two presidents were. about American citizens. I think you're underestimating, like, what people actually care about and, like, how many people stay abreast of current events, how many people have an understanding of recent history, how many people, like, listen to podcasts about politics, how many people talk to their families about what we would call, like, kitchen table issues that are still political that still like matter who the vice president is or was recently or like the fact that joe biden was vice president and now he's running for president like again people are going to know two or three vice presidents without breaking a sweat and the rest of them are like a lot of people are going to be able to name like 12 or 15 i think two or three yeah maybe four might be the average but five that's going to be unusual and I agree. Yeah, of course, there are going to be people who can rattle them all off. But look, there's going to be extremes on either end, and the bell curve is going to hover around four. Five. That's my closing <laughs> argument. Medine's <laughs> talked to I us. I hated this. I, I did, too. This. That was wrong. Ugh. That went wrong. Why? What did we do wrong? I think we no, went wrong. We what did you we nailed it by me being on the life-affirming. It was a mistake. Yeah. It's oh, I just no. no, it's well, but it, I hate thinking that we, you know, I hate what announcing the winner implies, right? Well, no, either way, no, 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 I mean, you know, no, like, <laughs> well, I am really, I hate this, but I'm really drawn to Healy's argument. <laughs> I hate well, to win through barbarism, but I agree with that. I, I, mean, I think I, most people could name. Yeah, sure. They just rattle off with no problem. Well, I, again, I think it. I don't I know. think if someone sits down with a piece of paper for an hour and this is their job, yes, I think we're gonna. Most people are gonna do it. But I, I'm curious, I do there, think I, there's like those. The first three are gonna come quick, and then it's like, I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of something. I got to get out of here. <laughs> I can't tell you the names of any more right now. That's and good. then it's like, oh well, what about you know, you know that whole you know. John Kennedy got shot. You remember that? Oh, yeah, I've heard of that before. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm only 13. I'm, I'm 20, you know. I feel like there's this big group of 
20-somethings that aren't paying attention right now. Is that terrible? No, I, I, I completely agree. Rightly so. Underrepresented. It's, a, it's boring. It's the same shit over and over again. Like, it's not. It's broken. <laughs> my know, my like, thinking on this why was... Why would you pay attention? I was quite rattled by an experience I had in San Luis Obispo, California once. A college town. And I was mm-hmm. in, like, a 7-Eleven. And two college-age kids came in. And they saw a picture of Bill Clinton on some magazine. And the one guy <laughs> says to the other guy... Did Bill Clinton get reelected? And the other guy goes, nah, people decided he was just too ratchet. And I, 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 th- that was the words I oh, said. And I was no. like, wow. But then I was like, these people, this was happened when they were kids. Why should they know about that? Right. Unless you're a history buff. Mm. So yeah. sad. We, we end no, on a sad note. Sad. Sad. Yeah. Yucky. Um, it reminds me but of. But thanks, uh, Carl. You know, an even sadder but potentially funny Bill Clinton misunderstanding that I was privy to when I was in the waiting room at a uh, medicinal marijuana clinic Mm -hmm. uh, many years ago, and they had copies of The Onion there. And what uh, this was, let's see, Hillary was running for president. I forget which time it was that she was running. I think this was 2008. And right, she ran in in 08, right, against Obama, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And um, she, and the headline of the Onion said, "Bill Clinton colon quote fuck it I'm running again," which is like kind of a funny idea. And this guy who was about my age at the time picked up the Onion and looked at me and said, "I knew this was going to happen." <laughs> and I was, I was like, "Oh no, oh no!" Is it possible that the onion Buddy. serves as an actual disinformation to a lot of people? <laughs> that as many people yeah. as enjoy it as humor just see it every once in a while are like, oh, that's odd. I guess the world's messed up. <laughs> it's totally possible. <laughs> Some Wow. All right. Okay. Okay. I think it's a good sign that there's a sort of a feeling of being worn out at the end of these episodes. Yeah, no. It's, you, le- you have to leave it all on, on the field. Hmm. Mm. For sure. If you don't sweat through your shirt at the end of a debate, then you <laughs> then haven't what, done your yeah, job. You, you know, I like a couple times a year doing a debate that I hate arguing it. I feel nasty making the claims. Mm. It teaches you something. And, you know, I prefer yeah, to be on the, the life affirming side, Dave. You're right. And uh, we were misguided. We should in that honor debate, that. Yeah, we I should, should honor, honor that, that with my in heart. the future. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And um, I hope you enjoyed it enough to want to come back and check us out next week on The Great Debates. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caricello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King. And the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina.